What's up, RPG fans? Welcome to episode 19 of the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Philip, and I'm joined, as always, by the man from the Northeast, Gia. That's right. What's up? How's it going? And if you're watching our video version, then you can see we have a special guest with us. We teased it last week. Uh, We've got the man from Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah, Matt. About the Columbus area, yeah. Um, Matt, why don't you... uh, Tell us, you've got a bunch of shows. Why don't you just give us the short rundown? You, yeah, I've, I've whittled it down actually to two now. Two main shows that I do. Um, I guess the, the Box Trick uh, retro gaming podcast is probably where people, um, if anybody, where people know me more from, um, from that. And uh, that's been going on for a couple of years, kind of off and on. And um, Bend the Knee, which is a Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire podcast. Um, and that one is just... Taken off, uh, to to say the least. It's it's crazy. It's a, now, it's I mean, to s- to say that there's just two shows is doing bend the knee a little bit of a disservice because don't you have like sub shows and well, multiple episodes? Yeah, so we so we do we do, for that one we do two episodes a week. We do our main show, which goes up Mondays, which is a uh, we do a reread of the chapters. We're going chapter by chapter through the books. So we plotted it out. It's going to take us about five years in the event that the other books never come out which who knows because they he's been writing them for like seven years and then on fridays we do a show called follow-up friday which is where we just respond to like fan theories and it's just questions it's just it's basically like a, a response episode and that one does just as good sometimes it does better than the main show in terms of uh like downloads and stuff like that yeah that's cool well uh, cool. we're yeah. glad we're glad to have you on the show this week yeah uh, we've been wanting to do uh, do a collaboration for a while, so it's good to have you on. We're going to be talking about some Octopath Traveler. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening to the Switch RPG podcast, uh, this is the show from the website, switchrpg.com, that brings you exciting news, upcoming game releases, and all the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch platform. This week, we are talking a lot about Octopath Traveler. I know a lot of you have played a lot more of that now than when we did our uh, initial uh, reactions to it. So we'll be talking a lot more about that. We've got a little bit of Pokemon news and we're going to be doing some side quests and listener questions. So let's dive in to the news this week. Uh, First up, like I said, we have some Pokemon stuff. Um, And uh, Nintendo.com put up an article the other day uh, that says there's going to be uh, more mega evolutions to Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee. And as I've stated multiple times before, <laughs> I'm using words and terms that I have no idea what means because <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon is yeah. a foreign language to me. So uh, what what does this even mean? What uh, what does this mean for the game? No, Matt, have you, do you play Pokemon or have you played Pokemon? Oh, does he play uh, Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah, I do. All right. Yeah, all right. So I, I'll, I I'll defer yeah. a little bit. I'll defer a little bit here. You can explain uh, what a mega evolution is to the, okay, the Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a couple of years ago when they released Pokemon X. X um, and Y. The, yep. X and Y. Yep. That was the first 3DS Pokemon. They added mega evolutions. 
And it's kind of like trying to it's it's basically a power up. Um, if you're familiar with, say, like Dragon Ball, it's like going Super mm -hmm. Saiyan, you know, um, but the difference then. So in, in Pokemon, obviously, you, your characters evolve as they level up, you know, but then that's to they, they essentially become a new character. But mega evolutions you have to do in battle. So it's kind of your do I waste a turn becoming far more powerful because you could get hit, you know. So that's kind of the uh, strategy element to it. But um, they keep adding more and more as we add more games. Um, and I think it's just another way to keep old characters fresh. Right. And, and I think they've already um, said that they're doing uh, Bulbasaur or Venusaur. Mm -hmm. That's, that's kind of confirmed. Now, um, with, with these Mega Evolutions, they're really very they're way too powerful like i don't know i mean in x and y when i play them they just kind of they destroy the, and then i hope there's some sort of mechanic that kind of pushes back a little bit against these right. mega evolutions because it's just they're just way too too strong of an well attack. and you and and you get them you get them towards the end of the game when your characters are almost a little right. too op anyway yep so yeah so so we'll see i would imagine that every character that has a mega evolution um because i believe this is only going to be gen one so it's mm -hmm. like red, blue, yellow Pokemon. I would believe that anyone that already has a mega evolution will have one. And I'm sure we'll see more. And there's some characters which have two mega evolutions uh, <laughs> because, you know, why not? Like, <laughs> so like Charizard has Charizard X and Charizard Y because mm -hmm. that was the game. And uh, it's, they also sometimes will change types. I remember the big deal was Charizard got a mega evolution and he was finally he switched to dragon type because everyone had always joked. He's, about a, he's a dragon. He's a dragon. He, he's a dragon, but he's not dragon type. So. OK, so it's just it's, it's a mechanic that uh, kind of was added in at some point and now it's back. So I guess people are happy about this. Except for Gio. I, I, I guess. I mean, I, I, there's yeah. only so much you can do with Pokemon, really. I mean, right. well, this is the, this is the second you could almost argue third remake of this game because you had yeah. you had red and blue or um, green and red. The Japanese version was green, but blue and green are for the most part identical. And then they added yellow, um, which is more in line with the TV show. Like they changed out some of the characters, added sh characters from the anime. So that you could argue that was not a remake, but at least. In addition, and then they remade it for the Game Boy Advance with Fire Red and Leaf Green, and now they're remaking it again. So, hmm. cool. Like I said, Phil, you played, you played them, you played one of them. You've played them all. They're, yeah. they're all. all so the I, don't, same, I don't right? actually, I don't actually have to catch them all. Contrary to common belief, no. You can go ahead and try. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and knock out uh, this piece about Salt and Sanctuary. Uh, from GoNintendo.com, um, the report that uh, Salt and Sanctuary has sold really, really, really well, and the first week of um, the first week of sales on the Switch rival that of the whole launch on Steam, which is an, another interesting addition because we've been hearing this story. It seems like every game that comes to Switch that had been on Steam, we're hearing that same story, um, and. That's that's really all the 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 small article from Good Nintendo really says. Uh, it says even crazier, the game wasn't number one on the Switch eShop. I don't even know what that game yeah. was. I, I think guess, you, um, that one went up to about eight or nine. Mm -hmm. 
That's right. Yeah, uh, if you watch the, you can see what's trending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah. So uh, to me, this is great because I there's there's still things that are on Steam that I would love to see come over uh, to the Switch. As crazy as that is, it seems like we've got so much on the Switch already. But right. to me, there are some things on on Steam that I'd love to come over. Um, specifically, a game called Region uh, Regions of Ruin, I think is what it's called. But uh, I, I like these types of this type of news because it shows that the the Switch is vibrant and that the Switch owners are buying these games. So it's mm-hmm. worth it, especially for these indie developers to port stuff over. Yeah, I mean the the Switch is basically it's it's a portable Steam machine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's interesting that we actually haven't had one of those. I think because um, when when people thought of you know maybe if you thought of that that then it's these bigger Steam games, but it, it seems like all these like lower kind of two D, sixteen bit, eight bit games people love. So yeah, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be those eight bit, two bit. You right, have yeah. Dead Cells, which is doing mm-hmm. really really well. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, Child of Light, which is uh, oh, God. which is yeah. coming. I cannot wait for that. <laughs> I cannot wait for that. Is, that. that is literally the one game I was like, I really hope Child of Light comes to Switch like a year ago. And now yeah, and like, and they they've kind that? of. They've kind of just said they're they're making a second one with that little mm-hmm. sneaky little pick there. So games are coming and it's it's coming, you know, the portability factor must be, you know, hiding away the reason why, I think. Yeah. Now Geo Geo, you you said you talked a little bit last week about Salt and Sanctuary. Um you you you're enjoying your time with that? I am enjoying my time with it, and I'm also hating my time with it. It is an incredibly <laughs> difficult, difficult game. Yeah, it's 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 harder than Dark Souls, and I'm I'm not saying I'm like the best Dark Souls player out there, but this game, I don't know if it's because it's a 2D space rather than a 3D space, so it makes it a little difficult to dodge and kind of figuring all that out. But man, I am I am taking a beating playing that game. Are you playing it's, it? Are you playing it docked? I'm playing it docked. Yes, because I'm, so I'm recording it. Yeah, right. So and you're I, using Pro Controller. I am. Yeah, okay. I am using a pro controller. I did try and play it handheld. I don't know what it is for me. That type of game, I just my maybe my fingers right. are my hands are too big. It's kind of uncomfortable because you kind of got to use all the buttons to mm-hmm. to play the game, especially the the left and the both trigger buttons. So it it was is kind of uncomfortable for me to play. So I prefer to play that game on the screen, docked. Yeah. Yeah, I found it, I found that action uh, the the more action oriented games that I played. After getting the pro controller, I can't play them on the yeah. on the on the Joy Cons because the buttons yeah, are so breath, small. Yeah. Every time I try to play Breath of the Wild handheld, I'm just like, I, I just can't. Like it's just, I, I just, it's just too uncomfortable. I, I yeah. just I find. I didn't even get a pro controller until like two months ago. So I mean, that was almost a year uh, that I that I played just on the Joy Cons, and I didn't know what I was missing out on. But as soon as I as soon as I played uh, Pro Controller the first time, I was like, okay, well. This is going to yeah. be hard to come back from. <laughs> it's no. probably one of my f- most favorite controller out of mm-hmm. all of them. Um, I'm not too fond of the PlayStation style because of the joysticks are kind of too close for me. Yeah. Um, but the Xbox One controller is really good. But this one is probably the best. Because uh, yeah. I, I mean, I do, I do like the Xbox One controller, but sometimes I still feel like it's too a little too sort of beefy. And I yeah. like that. I like the form factor of the pro, the Switch Pro controller. Because I'm right. with you in that. I mean, I grew up PlayStation. I really did, but I do kind of like the, um, the 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 joy the the Joy-Con, uh, the, not Joy-Con, but the joystick placement of the, the Xbox. Yeah. 
So yeah. I like that the the switch is that, but it's a little bit smaller of a form factor than the Xbox One. Um, yeah, I guess I've mm-hmm. got the One S. Yeah, One S. Yeah, I don't have the the nice uh, Elite controller or whatever. I know a lot of people love that. Love that. Man, thing, that's but. that's a lot of dinero. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Um, all right, so uh, last off, we got a little piece here from NintendoEnthusiast.com. Uh, and this is a very interesting article because it sort of details Square Enix's reaction to Octopath Traveler's success. Uh, we talked last week about how it's already eclipsed the 1 million sales mark, um, and that was to, uh, to sellers not necessarily consumers, but right. <laughs> sold out so much that it might as well be a million to consumers. Uh, so this is interesting because they give some of their feedback on why they think it's doing so well. And that's kind of what I want to focus on is their reasoning. And I want to read off uh, some of their, their things here. Um, it said uh, it gives us a quick rundown. It says that the sales are stronger then their pre-sale forecast, that higher than average ratio of download version versus package. And um, was this was this the one where they... Maybe this wasn't the one where they said uh, their actual... Um, their reasons why. But uh, this article is saying that it's inspiring more retro, quote-unquote retro, uh, RPGs from them in the future. So we'll start off with that. Uh, Gio, do you think... That's good. Are you wanting to see more of this retro style from Square Enix? I do, but but it kind of makes me feel these these the the lack of quantity that they put out there almost makes me feel like this was and you'd mentioned this before like a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, let's just see if this is going to do well, and it did. It blew up, and they weren't prepared for that. So the retro style, I think, with the added flair of the HD. 3d 2d i don't know what to call it anymore (laughs) um that added flair is is was a major selling point for them and i think they've realized that now and like you you had mentioned before this is definitely kind of their proof of concept and they're gonna it seems like they're gonna push forward with that uh matt you uh are you are you excited about the the possibility of of more games like this from them uh yeah absolutely um you know the and i will talk more about this when we kind of talk Mm -hmm. uh go deeper into octopath but um i kind of look at it as like the opposite of final fantasy 7 because you remember final fantasy 7 was 3d polygons on 2d um like pictures right Mm -hmm. and that's like how they and so this is kind of the opposite where you have 2d sprites in kind of 3d backgrounds Mm -hmm. and i i like the way it looks i think it's super cool um i am i am surprised at I guess I shouldn't say I, I'm not surprised that Square Enix is surprised at how well <laughs> it's doing. Um, it's like for years, people had said, we want a Final Fantasy VII remake. And then they did it. And it's like, you know, top trending thing on Twitter. And they're like, oh, well, we didn't know. And, you know, it's like for years, people have said remake Final Fantasy VI. And this comes out and it does really well. And they should also know, I think this is the same team that did Bravely Default. Yeah. And Bravely Default got really good reviews. And everyone said it's. This is the best, you know, like one of the best Final Fantasy games that doesn't have Final Fantasy in the title. Final Fantasy in it. It could have been Final Fantasy Bravely Default, and 
you know, everyone loved it. So. Yeah, I think it was the same producers. I don't know if it was the actual same development team, but it was gotcha. the same yeah. same uh, sort of mastermind behind it. Here's the article that I was I was thinking of. This is from IGN, um, and the the title is Square Enix expect more games like Octopath Traveler. So it's very similar yeah. sentiment as uh, the Nintendo Enthusiast article, but with the added uh, with the added paragraph here. From IGN, it says Square offered several possible reasons for Octopath Traveler's unexpected success. Number one, gamers have had more of an appreciation for JRPGs in recent years. Octopath's gameplay appealed to fans of classic Square Enix games and new elements like the HD 2D visuals and quote unquote attractive characters won gamers over. Now, Here's what I here's what I kind of want to like touch on is their first point that gamers have had more of an appreciation for JRPGs in recent years. I, I feel like it's great news that Square wants to make more of these retro inspired games, but their their response being oh well there's there's a market for it now. I I feel like is so out of touch because I mean off, yeah. Matt like you yeah. were just saying, I mean we've been saying for years remake these games, remake these games. Like it's not like we haven't asked for it. And it's not like we wouldn't buy games if they were good games. I think that they're missing the fact that they just really haven't put out a lot of solid RPGs especially on this level. Like okay, you know Final Fantasy 15 came out and I know Matt you really enjoyed Final Fantasy 15, yeah. right? Uh, but like these, you want to talk about like these mid tier RPGs. If we're talking about like I am Setsuna and Lost Sphere, while some people did enjoy those games, I'm one of those people. Like I, I can't objectively say that those were amazing games. So no, they're not going to sell that great because they're 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 just okay. So we finally right. get a game that is objectively pretty darn good, and of course yeah. it's going to sell well. So well, I, go ahead. It's, it's not only that; it's also. I think there is probably some you have to look at the switch as well in this situation and that when I think about RPGs on the switch, I, the first thing I think of is Xenoblade. And so I kind of view this as, I mean, there's obviously other ones, but this one I feel like is the second big kind of RPG for the system. That's not like eShop. That's not, it's just like when I think of the switch, boom, those are the first two I think of. Right. But, you know, going off what you said about Square, Square has made has not made good RPGs since like the PlayStation Two era. <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah. that that console generation. If you look at the PS3 360 console generation, yeah, there's gems in there, but I mean, Final Fantasy Thirteen, um, The Last Remnant. So even something that wasn't a like Final Fantasy title, but still from Square, didn't you know bode so well for them. And then they had you know kind of weird stuff like final fantasy type zero mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's just that square didn't really do a great job in in the rpg side because i think they were kind of building their their other franchises like tomb raider that they sure. bought and you know they did, they did a lot of acquisition during that mm-hmm. time you could also maybe point to the fact that the video game industry in general also kind of suffered around that 2008 2009 economic downturn period so i mean it became really expensive a lot of companies went under so i think as a publisher square has done really well you talked about acquisitions yeah they made they made some great business decisions but Mm -hmm. on the development side you're totally right in that it feels like i would even say into the ps4 generation like i feel like the ps3 generation as a whole was sort of a, a a miss 
for the right. most part. Um, outside, I mean, for, for, for Final Fantasy, yeah, 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 for RPGs, and that's what I'm in talking general, about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even into the PS4, I think this is sort of like their first big step. I mean, outside of Final Fantasy 15, the West, we haven't we haven't seen a Dragon Quest. Uh, so I mean, Octopath Traveler is sort of the first, you know, thing. It seems like they've put any effort into in yeah. in that time. Um, well, and as even, far as the bigger even, consoles go, and and real quick, just if you think about Final Fantasy 15. Is that Final Fantasy 15, its development cycle was that it was like a spin-off, gonna be a spin-off game of Final Fantasy 13. Mm-hmm. So it was just had this really long development cycle because they just were kind of like, yeah, we'll get to it. So and then they were finally like, yeah, okay, I guess we'll Yeah, I mean, technically guys. that was supposed to be a PS3 era. <laughs> yeah. So right. I mean, but I don't I don't even know how good it would have been if it would have come out oh, under what yeah. it was supposed to have been. Because uh, it definitely was a late in the game. It's like, well, right. we might as well make this the next number right. title. You know, Let, let's set, let's get it as far away from thirteen as possible. So, yeah. uh, now, uh, real quick, as far as Octopath goes, because this was uh, this was sort of like the third point here is that the HD two D visuals and characters won gamers over. Do you think Octopath would have had as much success if it wasn't the HD two D? If it had just been really pretty uh 2d really pretty like 16 bit do you think it's the do you think it is the actual three dimensions yeah. that actually sells yeah. the game yes you do yeah I do. that's what I, sold I do. me initially was okay. the look of it i do too you know actually i uh when i when i first saw it it wasn't when i first saw it i was like uh that was kind of weird and it was because of the shadows on the side, I was like, I can't corners, get, yeah. mm-hmm. I can't get past that. The first thing I did when I blew the game, I was like, the fact that they made a feature to turn that off was like the best thing. Um, but I tried out the demo, and that was really where I was like, okay, because when I first saw the trailer, I was like, I don't know if I like this art style. And then once I played it, I was like, oh, it's great. Hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I was just wondering. I was just wondering if like you think part of the success is the like the almost uh, pop up storybook look diorama look yeah. yeah i think that's what initially brought in a lot of attention was that look because yeah. there's there's nothing really that kind of looks like that so yeah True. and if you think about when it was shown off it was shown off at it was shown off at that switch direct that was like the one finally explaining what the switch mm-hmm. really was and mm-hmm. it was like right in the middle of it and it was like a short little teaser but it was so drastically different from everything else that yeah. it was like kind of easy to remember that one right. game. Well, and and it, it was like, it. and it was like, it was also, Oh, square. Yeah. Looking like classic square, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was also, it was called project Octopath traveler at the time, <laughs> whichever was like, it seemed like the dumbest name you could possibly have. I thought there was no way in the way, world yeah. we would get to release and it still be Octopath traveler. I said that yeah. like, what was that like episode one or two where we we both were just like there's yeah. no way and i yeah. ate those words I ate them so yeah. yeah it makes sense though now now having played it it makes a lot of sense it's just too literal <laughs> that's my problem with it the game. it does sound like it does sound like a translation of a name there's you know like sometimes translations like in english don't quite make sense because it's so literal and it's like over there it like it was abstract and now we just made it literal that's what it's that's what yeah. it feels like it is- it, it is kind of a ridiculous name to explain to someone that doesn't like really do video games like because I was getting it for my birthday uh, for my brother. My brother and I always exchange gifts on our birthdays and Christmas or games we, games. And um, 
my girlfriend, I was like, oh, yeah, my brother's getting me this game. She's like, oh, what is it? Thinking it's gonna be like Mario or something. And I was like, Octopath Traveler. <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, I asked. <laughs> <laughs> At least it didn't have project in there. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it sounds like a Kingdom Hearts title. Like at least it is, at least yeah. it's not one of those. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, we've already been talking about it for a few minutes. So let's uh, let's dive into sort of the featured discussion here. Um, and let's start it off by uh, Gio and I have already sort of given our initial thoughts on the game. Um, Gio, you dropped a little bit of a hint that you're going to have something something interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. But let's get let's get Matt's thoughts. Just uh, Matt, what are your generally was sort of your takeaway from Octopath Traveler? Um, well, I'll say this today. Uh, I was I've been plowing through it some more. I'm 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 cl- I'm not I haven't made it to like the final end chapter when you beat everyone's story. I'm like I'm I'm now six of eight. Um, Pretty good. Yeah. So I've I bet I've been working on it a lot. I love it. It's definitely it's definitely a game that I love. Um, I started with Ulbrich was the character, and then I was like, okay, I kind of looked at who they who they were. Generally, I think all the characters are pretty great, um, with the exception of say the right Han- one, say the right one. Is that her Hanit. name? Is that Hanit? Hanit. Yeah, Hanit. Hanit. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like her, her? story. Well, her story is cool, but I can't. The, it's it's the her the language like this like old oh, i am the same way that was my first it's, that was my first thing it yes. would be it would be fine if everyone's was that but it was like so when i got to her thing i was like wow this is so different because mm-hmm. i was gonna pick her first and then had i picked her first i think it would have been okay with it but um, I, I was the, i was the complete opposite though because yeah. i picked her first and i i got concerned because i never played the, i didn't play the demo i got concerned i was like Wait, is this going to be the whole? Is this going to be the whole game? Yeah, it's going to be like this. And I actually changed from Hanet one because Geo said that he he started with Hanet, so that that was part of yeah. it. But then the other part was like I can't live with I can't yeah. live with the the old English. <laughs> yeah, so I'm waiting. I'm waiting to do her. I have her and um, Cyrus uh, to do. Those are my last two. So I want to do hers first because I feel like, you know, the scholar is going to have some bigger kind of insight. Uh, so I guess that'll kind of bring me to like the chapters, the way that the way they have it broken down into chapters, I think is actually really good um, because you get a kind of. So I just kind of did my main four characters, which was Ulbrich, Ophelia, Therian and Primrose. Um, I kind of just like did like I would do them like chapter one, chapter two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so now once I finished them, I was just like, all right, well, so I'm just going to sub somebody else in and then I can kind of like plow through there. So I'll just go like go straight through. Right. So I think it, and, and it works both ways. I think it's kind of cool to do it, to do it both ways. Um, the problem with the chapter, the way they do the chapters is that there's only four of the chapters. So you don't really get to build this mm-hmm. big, this big story. And more often than not, it's like, completely obvious as to what's going to happen and so when there's like a plot twist it's like oh i didn't see that coming you know know what i mean so like that happens um sometimes but again i I still i still like everyone's story so far um i haven't i haven't finished everyone's yet but for the most part i think they're they're pretty cool i i I found it interesting once i beat this so i beat i beat i finished ulbrich's first and then i finished um Therion's and when I finished his and they had mentioned like the gate of 
whatever, which I'm sure is going to be the final post boss or post kind of game. And then, they all, then their stories all come together. So then I was like, oh, that's really cool. Because for the most part, it's, it felt like everyone's story was just segmented. Yeah. Right. And so it is cool that they're all going to come together and do something. So it's a little late, though, right? In the, in the game for that, don't you think? I don't know. I, I think it all, it all depends on how you play it. Yeah. Is, is kind of the thing. So the first thing I wanted to do was like, I want to go get all the jobs. So I, well, the first thing I was like, I need to get all the characters and then I want to go get all the jobs. And then I wanted to go get the harder job classes. So I grinded a bunch, got those. And some of those battles are hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so n- then I was like, all right, now I'm going to finish everyone's story. So, but I don't know. I think it just depends on how you play it, I guess. And I think that's kind of the cool thing it has going for it, is you can, you can mm-hmm. play it in all these different ways. Yeah. Right. And that, and that's one of the things I do like about it is that the way you've played it and the way I play it, very different. Totally they could be very yeah. differently. And not everyone is going to play that game the same. Um, I mean, one major issue for me for that game is the stories are incredibly simple. They're not complicated at all. They're not complex. So for me, the storytelling is a little, it's a little lame to be honest, but, mm-hmm. um, just, I don't know. Just, the stories are just kind of uninspiring for me, yeah. and it's kind of held me back from from playing it too. Um, because I mean, I, I picked up Salt and Sanctuary, Hand of Fate, and I'm having a good time playing those, and I'm not going to play Octopath, and right. and it's just like I, I don't know what it is. I got to the, my chapter twos, and I'm just I don't know. I'm just having a tough time getting back in maybe that's what it is i just need to get back yeah. into it and i'll roll through it but i'm playing i'm playing it simultaneously with uh cosmic star heroin okay. and it is just i mean cosmic star heroin is obviously not developed by you know like square no. um and it's been out for and it's been out for a while um but it, i really like it so far as well i, I really like it i was lucky enough to get a, a review code that comes i think it launches tomorrow based upon when we're recording this yeah so yeah this comes yeah. out wednesday so i think it came out yesterday yesterday yeah, yeah. yeah yesterday yeah and so it's just it's more of a traditional just rpg mm-hmm. it's really cool and um i'm doing or i'll have a review for it uh later but um it's just totally different like different approaches to it yeah. and i think i never try to discredit like developers for trying something unique and i think that is kind of what they did here they they tried something unique but um so I don't know the stories. I don't know. Sometimes it's like sometimes it, I will say with the chapters is that sometimes like I'm trying to think of like like Primrose like her second chapter I beat and I was like that's really short. Um, and then the third one I was like wow I'm sitting through like half an hour of dialogue and yeah. so they're not like evenly spaced out. Mm-hmm. Right. I think um, I I think for me. And I want to be careful here. For me, sometimes the themes that each story were covering felt mm-hmm. a little inconsistent because mm-hmm. you would have one that's so like lighthearted and then one that's like Primrose that's like super dark. I mean, even yeah. just chapter ones for like chapter one Primrose, it's just right. like, oh my God. But chapter two Primrose, I was like, wow, that was not where I was like, <laughs> yeah. that to go. Yeah. So, but I think, I think 
Gio, you're talking about like it never really gets any depth. And for me, I think it is what Matt said with, with there's only four chapters for each. Now, mm-hmm. I know like because they spread it so thin, that's that's what had to happen. Because, I mean, you're already putting like 60 to 80 hours in. So you couldn't necessarily have like eight chapters for everybody. But I think that that is kind of what's holding it back because yeah. you just it's really hard. If we were to say there's like 80 hours of story and there's eight characters, that's only 10 hours per character. It's really hard to tell an incredibly deep story, unless you're Banner Saga, in 10 hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, See, but like you just said, it can be it done. It can be done. Yeah. It can be done. It can yeah. be done if it's done correctly. And I think if they were, if, you know, say after your chapter ones, you made it a cohesive story. It can be done. You, the problem is, it's just you're, like you said, you're spreading it way too thin. You're trying to tell eight different stories. You know, it, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and here, and here's what I think could have helped. And I've said this from the beginning. And I've read the people that have said, if you don't think there are character interactions, you're not playing far enough because you do have the party banter and you have all that. Mm-hmm. I get that. You know, I'm not. I'm not discounting what that is. But what I mean when I want. Care, uh, what I wanted with character interactions was as soon as you recruit a party member, I want like dialogue explain, like not just telling me your story, but us having mm-hmm. a conversation. So it feels like one person is picking up another person, give them a reason to join the current party. Um, and right. I feel like if you had those interactions and like say, you know, Ophelia is my main character and I pick up Primrose. Why isn't Ophelia talking to Primrose's NPCs during cutscenes and stuff like that? Like, I, yeah. I feel like I'm completely, you know, not even there for the most part. I don't know. I don't know if in later chapters that changes because if it does, then I just haven't gotten there. But like where yeah. I am now, yes, uh, we'll get like the hey, come join my party, but then past that and past some party banter, like there's no actual like scenes. You know, and I think that's what's that's what's missing because I mean I'm, I'm going back and playing a lot of older games, and that's what kind of makes a story for me is when right. all of the different characters are bringing their different personalities to scenes because that's when you can have like this lighthearted character and he doesn't feel out of place because in a scene he's injecting some humor yeah. into a dark situation. Yeah. So there is later, and I don't. I didn't notice it until I had beaten like my first, like my one main story. So I beat like Ulbricks first. Is that because um, normally you get the party banter where they just go back and forth, and that's like once a chapter you're going to get one or two lines of dialogue from each individual character to that character. So when I went into like the tavern, um, and there would be you would get party banter. It'd be like three people. Uh, but it would be it would then even be people who were not in my group. I noticed okay. like sometimes sometimes yeah. you'll see someone standing in there, and so then I was like, oh, and so those are kind of cool when you get the three person mm-hmm. con- conversation, and th- like that's kind of interesting. I, there was one with Primrose and um, Cyrus. Uh, is his name Cyrus? I'm, I'm yeah, there is Cyrus. a Cyrus. Yes, <laughs> Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, Cyrus, the, the scholar. Um, cause I didn't use him. So uh, now that I'm using him, I, I keep forgetting his name. So you have Cy- it was Primrose, Cyrus and Therion were having a little conversation together. And she was talking about how she could combine them. She would have like the perfect man because like, <laughs> because like Cyrus is like too, you know, he's, he's incredibly smart, but he's like socially dumb. Yeah. And Therion, Therion is like too rough around the edges. And, 
So like those are really cool and those are like really interesting. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. There needs to be more of that. And that would really like add to it. That's, yeah, that's the that, character the, building we're missing. Yeah. Those yeah. are the conversations that should be happening. Like as they're walking in a cut scene to mm-hmm. your next destination, you know? Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, that's what to me, like Xenoblade Chronicles two did so well at was like the character interactions, like between your story points, you know, like mm-hmm. when you're walking or like whenever you approach, you approach a city or you like mm-hmm. wind up in a city for that first time. And you're like, here's a cutscene setting up this sort of region. And you're going to get those characters. Like I, I, it's been so, so long. I, I'm, I'm blanking yeah, on names, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Like they all interacted with e- each other and it was, it didn't feel like, Oh, I need to go to camp to have, you know, interaction. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, like like Final Fantasy fifteen does that. Is that when you're just running around? Sometimes they'll like you'll run across something and they'll kind of have a banter about it. Yeah, if they really like, they should just have those lines of dialogue appear at the top. The text as box. Your, yeah. yeah, there's just a little text box appear as you're walking around the the in between kind of sections. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. And then it makes it seem more like they're interacting with each other. The other thing that. It's not. It's not a problem, and I won't say that I I, I dislike it about the game. And I should have known this going in because I'd heard people saying whoever you choose first, that is like your your main character. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what I thought they meant, but I had no idea that that meant that you could not remove them from combat. Right? You right. can't. You well, can't take them out of your party. So right. You, once you once you finish that person's main, so like your main character. One, so I did Ulbrich, so I did his story first. Once you finish his story, you can take him out. Oh, so that's the problem, because I've been okay. going one, 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 two, 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 two. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's going to take me forever to finish Ophelia's story because of the way that I'm playing. And yeah. I've gotten to the point where like I don't need her. And so yeah. I would love to take her out, but I, I loved her. You know, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> Ophelia's really good, and... Uh, once you get the second, like the special jobs, uh, she there's like the so there's like the sorceress one, and she is the only person really who should have it. Um, and then she is by far the best character. Like okay. where I'm at now, she is like, like I'm like I don't even need. I literally could like solo like with just her, with just her because. Because she's, it's so powerful, um, and like there'd be, there's no reason to give it to Cyrus because it's basically just an upgraded version of his own thing. So mm. then you're missing out. So like the job system, I actually, I really like the way they do it, and I like that you are locked down. Like you can't have two of the same. Like you can't have like a warrior be on anyone else right. unless you have a warrior in your class. So I think that's really cool. So that allows you to have all the jobs and all the characters. Um, so I like that. Um. And I think that that works really well. Once you get the second wave, some of the original ones become kind of useless. There's one of the second tier ones, which is not that great. Um, and so I actually don't even use it. I use the apothecary because it's sick. It's like the fact that the fact that you can poison these really high level bosses is like the most useful thing you can have in your in your party. It's it's. He's the, probably the biggest problem I have with the game. His story is so weak, but oh, his yeah. character, like the actual, you mm-hmm. know, his abilities are awesome. But mm-hmm. his motivations in the, in the actual story is just, oh, I'm just going to go heal everybody for the fun of it. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't done. I haven't done him yet. No, Geo. Uh, as someone who who played as Hanet, did you use the uh, animal capture a whole lot? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why? Matt, I don't. I don't. I don't. Though. I, like. I. I've just found myself yeah. only only using her base animal. Like yeah. Whatever. It's, I can't I th- remember his name, but I mean, I don't know. It, it, I think it's kind of useless. I mean, it's the closest thing to Pokemon we're gonna have right now on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's, you gotta use it. It's it's true. I mean, I guess <laughs> I, I, I guess it, it it can come in and, and deal a lot of damage. But from what I from what I can see, the most useful classes are the um, Scholar because yeah. because you can you can do double magic damage, and then and later you get the Sorceress, which the Sorcerer, um, which does triple magic damage wow. and so like you can hit for three each turn because really what i've come to realize in this game is um and this is where hana is huge unless you just give somebody the hunter thing which i find the hunter useless except for leg hold trap which is by far the most useful skill in the game i gotta write these down yeah okay so the reason, the reason i feel like i'm getting insider information yeah. okay here. no so it's really cool so like so like every this is one thing I thought about is like early on, I feel like I was like, this game is either too easy or it's too like cheap because you have like in this odd way, everyone is like overpowered. But at the same time, they're not because they just the bosses just scale higher and higher. Um, and the the shrine bosses that you have to fight to get the the second way, like the special class jobs are so difficult like i was like level 60 and it's recommended that you're level 50 to fight them and they're like wow. still brutal hard they have like 300,000 hp and they get they get things later where they get it go three turns and they will just like wipe out your team unless you are like have your team stacked to like hp like as high as possible um but leg hold trap is so useful because it, it forces them to act at the end of the turn mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And so what you can do is then if you know what their weaknesses are, it doesn't matter how much damage you do. You just like have to focus in to like get them break to break. Off. Yeah, to break. So that way you can like recover or whatever. Like most of my breaks are like I need to heal my team. Yeah. I need to like, re- you know, readjust and then defend. So that way I can like make it to the next wave. Like it's by far the most useful skill i'll say what has been interesting for the combat with me i was concerned in the beginning because the the thing about the combat is it basically gives you everything like it tells you everything like it's Mm -hmm. not hiding anything and i was worried that that was going to make the game too easy but i have not found the game like steamrolly easy like i mean i've i've run into some stuff and it's not necessarily difficulty spikes because once i played it a second time these are like bosses once i play the boss the second time then i'm okay but the first time it's just because i think oh i know i know what his weaknesses are boom 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 but i i i don't i don't play the strategy strategy just right and it just kicks my butt so Mm -hmm. i like the fact that even though it spells everything out for you is still relying on you to be skillful with what you do when, when you break, when you don't break. Um, because, you know, yeah. the fact that, like, when you break it, it breaks it for this turn and then all of next turn. And so... And then they, and then they immediately get, like, two turns. Yeah, right? so back if, to back, if it's, yeah. like, your last person of the turn, it may not be worth breaking him then, 
break him next time, you mm-hmm. know? So, right. mm-hmm. so there is still so much strategy to it. I, 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 I like that about the combat because like I said, I was, I was kind of concerned about them spelling everything out for you and it was just going to make it easy. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah. so that's good. Um, uh, no, Matt, Matt, did you have a problem with not seeing the HP? Um, like there, I mean, unless you oh, can right. use. Well, so there's no because there's three ways to see their HP. Yep. If you have someone that has, so if you have a scholar, you can mm-hmm. analyze them. But if you have a thief or a merchant, there's kind of a trick way to see how much HP. Hang on, they have. I got. I got a <laughs> he's got it. <laughs> Actually, Go or or the hunt. Um, you have to have. It can't just be a hunter. It has to be um Hanet. Okay. So so um speak slowly please. And okay, and Hanet, <laughs> no. and Hanet it's actually the easiest thing. And Hanet I don't think it'll actually work on for bosses. But you, the thief has the steal ability and the merchant has the collect ability and it will show you the percentage of your chance to steal or collect and yep. that's based upon their HP. So Okay. Yeah, so if so without boosting it. So you can boost it all the way up and then you can just yeah. collect or steal but if you don't it'll give you like oh you have a 96 percent chance which means they have four percent of life left are you sure yeah okay 100 i'm writing it down i'm writing it down just uh, give yeah. me a second 100 sure i um i was actually so there's but but you see you don't know how much damage it is you just know that oh that's right a much it's percent. a percent sure yeah because yeah. when i was fighting the the war master which is probably the second hardest boss in the game i'm presuming behind the final boss um like that is a boss who like i fought like four times today and um is so brutally hard it's a the, the shrine boss for the um the jobs and that one online from what i've seen in like reddit posts and stuff like that because there's really not like a big guide out for this game yet mm. um, people, people are still you know piecing it together and that's the one everyone is saying seems to be the hardest and that is one that i have played like perfectly and I was, and then I get down to like this last part where he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna give myself three turns," and you're just like, he has a move where he hits like 16 times, and you're just like, you're just dead, like you're wow. just, your entire team, <laughs> your entire team gets wiped out. And so it's like I was down to like just Ulbrich, and um, and because like I had Therion, and then like I I saw he's like he's at like 98, percent and I'm like, okay, like. Do I try to break again, knowing that two of my other team members are down or do I just go for it? Because if I don't break or kill him, I'm dead because he's just going to kill me. And I've made it all the way. And it's like 20 minutes, you know, like it's a 20 minute fight. It's it's quite a battle. And so I just went for I was like, I had my full boost and I'm like, I'm just going max move. And I had the Obrick. It's a skill later where you can um, he's no longer capped at. Uh, ten thousand, so like nine nine nine, and so he can do above that. And then I, luckily, I did his ultimate move and did like twenty thousand damage and and killed. Yeah, him. it would have stunk if you like missed. I know, Man, yeah, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. But no, I, that's one thing I love about this game. I love the combat. I think I think the combat is is a lot of fun. Yeah. In in this game, the break system, and I think everybody's unique and different, and like it works really well. And I'm, I there is a lot of actual strategy involved in it, um, and you really especially on the on the harder bosses have to like map out your turns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz I mean like and like I was saying with bosses the, the fact yeah, the fact that I could I could lose so badly the first time 
But then before I ever started again, I'm like, oh, wait, okay, so I just need to do this, 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 this. You can totally map out your turns. I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. It's almost Dark Souls esque if you think about it, yeah, because yeah. you can, you know, say, for example, fight a boss, die, and then just try it again. You kind of figure out the moveset and everything like that. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's, I guess it's similar in that way. Yeah. When, you when you get to the late, when you get to the later chapters, the bosses will they they can up their the amount of moves it takes to break them. It'll go from like so when it starts off it'll be like five, and then like after like you've hurt them a couple times, it'll be like twelve, and then they will also change the types of damage oh, that hurt them. And so it's like, like so you go, yeah, their weaknesses. So oh. you go in being like, all right, I'm equipped for all this, and then they change it, and you're like. Ugh, well, like I'm no longer I'm no, <laughs> no longer equipped for this. Like I can't do that type of damage. So, uh, oh, Geo, uh, wh- who's your who's your favorite character so far to uh, play Therion. to play? Therion. Yeah, I like Thief. Yeah, and yeah. Matt. That's tough. I mean, I really like I really like just about everyone. I would I would probably say I'd probably say Ulbrich, Um, but I really like Primrose. I really like her story. I think she probably has the best actual story she's the um, only that one I, that has a story yeah <laughs> uh yeah i, I think I, I feel anyways yeah i think well, Ulbrich like is me. it tressa has like tressa's is boring like it's 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 pretty, the merchants but oh yeah. i like Ulbrich's story too uh from a gameplay perspective i like i like <laughs> Ulbrich, but i mean that's because <sighs> traditionally i do like the uh sort of the rougher character mm-hmm. you know uh like an Orin from from 10 yeah um like Saban from six. So he kind of fell right in line and I, it took everything for me not to play him first. I kind of wish I had played him first, but, um, but it's either him or I, I still, even though I said that I tried to take her out of my party, I still do like Ophelia a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then what about soundtrack, Matt? I know, I know oh you, God. I know you like it's, music. I know you like oh music. God. So it's, it's, it's so good. The soundtrack, the soundtrack is amazing. It's it's I I absolutely love all of it. Uh, there has yet to been a track where I didn't like it. Uh, I think it's all done very well with the the aesthetic of the game. I think you yeah. know it, everything goes. I think the snow areas are by far the best sound of the game, and I like everyone. I like every person's like individual theme. Mm-hmm. I think I think is is really good. I have a lot of it downloaded on my phone, so I jam it out to that at work. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree that the soundtrack is is really, really good. It's totally yeah. a bright spot for me because I yeah. feel like, it, kind of like with the game as a whole, it's the first time that we're like getting a an instant classic soundtrack for me in forever from Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, straight just pretty much from the orchestration, like. The fact that Lost Sphere and I Am Setsuna just like completely stripped away what soundtrack was to me actually sort of contributed to some of the negative factors to those games because mm-hmm. the soundtracks don't sound grandiose and don't sound they don't pull me in near as much with emotion. And that's the thing. The moment that I put Octopath Traveler on hearing like the orchestration and how big and grand it is, it makes the world feel that much more alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pianist and have been since I was five. So like I'm sitting sooner the fact that it had just a single piano for a soundtrack, I'm not like dissing that at all. And so oh, maybe, no, I, maybe fine, it yeah. is like, I don't know, uh, 
a lack of inspiration. I don't know. You know, the, the Octopath soundtrack to me just feels so inspired. And, um, so maybe it's because, you know, it, it's working so you, with pretty good material. So, so do you not like I am Setsuna's soundtrack? It's just not something that I'll, I'll say yeah. this. I'll say this. I, I, it's not something that I just turn on and listen to because gotcha. I think it's pretty, but it just doesn't, it doesn't click right. with me. Uh, whereas yeah. on the flip side, uh, another soundtrack that is very heavy piano is Child of Light. That's and what I, gonna, that's what I absolutely, yeah. I think that's the best example. I think it, it must be just yeah. sort of lack of inspiration or something. Yeah, because I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up because Child of Light is for the most part just a a one piano, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's and, it, and it, but it's a real. I love the soundtrack, but the game. theme and the emotions in Child of Light's music to me are just so far and away better than than I'm Setsuna, mm-hmm. and so maybe that is it. Maybe it is right. the just sort of inspiration and the emotion put into it. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a great discussion. Uh, but uh, we do want to hear from everybody else. How has your adventure in Octopath uh, been going? What are you feeling on the game? I know a lot of you are still playing. Uh, it is a game where everybody can sort of play it their own way. That is the good part about it uh, mm-hmm. is yeah. that you can play it. Uh, it's all your own way. Uh, despite any of the negatives that it might have. So uh, we do want to uh, hear from everybody on that. Um, now let's actually hear from you guys with some uh, questions. And uh, Matt, if you're good, you can uh, you can chime in on some of these answers here. Yeah. Um, so we've got our first two questions from listener Meatball Sub. Uh, his first question is, if you had to recommend an RPG or two to a newcomer to the genre, which games would you pick and why? Please keep in mind that your choices should be geared towards approachability and potential level of interest for a non-RPG fan, meaning your favorite games may not necessarily be the best choices. Uh, he did I think go- what he's saying is, is you can't pick something like, for example, Dragon Age. Right. And I he- can't pick Secret of Mana. Well... Funny enough, and I didn't I didn't include this, but he his email did go on to say if Geo does pick Secret of Mana, <laughs> he will quit the site. So oh. yeah. So right. uh well, anybody I, want to go first? I'll let Matt go first. He he is our guest. Um, and if he doesn't, I, was, I do have one. If you if you right. need to think okay. of okay. one that I would say so when you're talking about RPGs in general, like that's such a broad term always is, uh, uh, is it an rpg like a is yeah discussion is it, is is it an rpg um i would say skyrim i think is a pretty easy because skyrim is one of the only rpgs i can think of in the past i mean well pretty much in my lifetime that specifically when i remember when people were playing that game was like the, they were people who I knew did not probably ever play. It was like the first time I felt like people who had mostly play like Call of Duty and stuff mm-hmm. was playing Skyrim. Um, and it's like I'd played Oblivion and Morrowind. Um, and this was that was the first game that I felt like, wow, there's all these people now playing an RPG that probably never played an RPG before. Yeah, for for me, I think with with Skyrim, 
the first person mode. I mean, I know you can you can change to right. third person, but I know quite a bit of people how who have problem playing first person games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just a like I think it's more more like a motion sickness motion. thing. Yep. Um, and the, and the combat for me it seems a little floaty. You know, when when attacking, um, my choice would definitely be something like The Witcher. Um, I think The Witcher's combat is on point. I think their the magic skills are on point. The story is really good. The music is really good, and I think it m- most resembles games that are out now that are doing well. For example, like Uncharted and and all these like God of War, like those type of games. It kind of closely resembles those games. So I think going to a Witcher would kind of be a little little easier transition. Yeah, yeah, and and Witcher does translate well to console. So uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Matt. Did you play mainly on console or PC for Skyrim? Oh, uh, console. console. I've, okay. I've, 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 mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm more of a new PC uh, okay. gamer. I've pretty much played console my whole life. But I, uh, one other one, I guess I will say that is PC. <sighs> I'll say because I think that it was another game that introduced a ton of people to RPGs, and I guess a different kind of sense than say like Skyrim would be. Wow. Oh yeah. Mm, it, I yeah, mean, yeah. I mean, if, if you're if you're just talking about approachability, sure. Um, wow, I think is one. Um, maybe Diablo because maybe like Diablo two because it that 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 top down type of perspective is something that a lot of people now are just going and jumping in and playing like Dota or League of Legends. So mm-hmm. if you want more of like a full experience, that is a game you could go to. Um, so just in terms of like a, specifically just approachability, I would, I would say those are some, some um, things. so I'll go, I'll go with something more traditional because like if, if we are thinking maybe more on the JRPG side of things, yeah. uh, cause both of you guys sort of went action, action games. Right. I think that, and speaking from experience, cause it was my first final fantasy 10 is a pretty approachable entry specifically into that series, uh, because it's just strictly turn-based, not atb at all right. you know yep. so like you can just sit there until you figure out what you want to do what skills you want to select uh from the story perspective it's just complex enough that it's interesting but it's it's not like weird it's not like a kojima story or anything so yeah final fantasy 10 i mean yeah. it's it's uh, it's got hd collections so it's easy to play now yeah yeah and i think with with jrpgs it's it's tough for people here you know in the u.s to get into get into them if you haven't played them or or like them at all it's just they're it's very different whereas a western rpg like skyrim or or, or the witcher you're going to get that sense of like you would said our the action aspect mm-hmm. of that and i think that's that's what a lot of people i don't know seem to seem to enjoy i yeah. guess uh i'm gonna be interested to see uh pokemon let's go because I think you're going to have a lot of people who just play Pokemon Go and they're going to now you can you can import your Pokemon to it. And Pokemon is a JRPG that is also easily accessible. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I guess that would have I, been a, a good answer to one of the Pokemon I had that on, guess, my, on my list. That, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> I hope that wasn't I hope that oh, wasn't no. your notes oh, no. on. Uh, so, shoot, so I got to pick that up. <laughs> oh. All of your Octopath secrets. <laughs> 
That was my Octopath. Yeah, now you're, now you're screwed. Yeah, like, that was the, that oh, was the, no. the Octopath guide. And I'll I'll include this one to uh, to jab at Geo a little bit, but Breath of the Wild as uh, <sighs> one of the greatest RPGs to get in. Wait, is it? opinion time. <laughs> an RPG. I, I only say that because he says it's not an it's, RPG. It's it's tough. I mean, it's the the whole in this day and age, it's so difficult unless something is so clearly an RPG because RPG elements are now yep. in everything. Leveling up. All, I mean, you could argue that Madden is an RPG. Don't. You know what I mean? Don't. Just don't argue I mean, that, though. <laughs> I mean, your character, you're, you're playing. It's like, if you look at RPGs, though, it's like you, JRPGs, right? You go in, you have like your specific battles, and you're just you're just generating those 100 and 100 times. Mm-hmm. That's basically what you're doing in Madden. You draft players. They level up. Yeah, I mean... There may actually be um, a greater case for like FIFA. I, 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 I uh, because I play, I play both uh, FIFA and uh, Pro, Pro Evolution Soccer. So, gotcha. Yeah, there is a lot of RPG stuff in in those games. And um, more Pro Evolution, though, right? Yeah, oh, or, oh Pez, because yeah. I mean, you've got you actually train players in mm. skills that mm. show up in game and then stats. So, yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, yeah, we can't go down this road. <laughs> um, uh, so following up, he's uh, Meatball Sub's got another question here. Following up your Final Fantasy job discussion on last week's podcast, I wanted to present a question based on your responses last week. What is your favorite thief slash roguelike character in any RPG or non RPG actually? And the same goes for Dragoon because. Uh, uh, Geo said that Thief was his favorite class or job. Um, and then I said Dragoon was my favorite. Yeah. So he's wanting to know. Dragoon, Dragoon is, the, uh, is the correct, is the correct answer, of course. Dragoons and, Dragoons and Final Fantasy Tactics are so boss. Like Okay, well, so that's that's sort of the answer. Yeah. Like, So which is your favorite yeah. iteration of them? He says that Balthier from 12 and Sid from uh, Final Fantasy 7 are his favorite Dragoon representations. Mm-hmm. He says that he he loves the classic armor design of Dragoons, but he thinks Sid in Final Fantasy 7's portrayal is the best because he's just a hillbilly that likes outer space. He says he can relate. <laughs> so, Favorite for, iteration for me, of Thief? For me in Skyrim, uh, again, I can't pinpoint it to a specific character, but just the Dark Brotherhood in general. Just the thieves and assassins, I, that whole aspect of, of yeah, they're, they're of that guild. Enough, yeah, 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 that that whole aspect. I I feel like that's kind of awesome. I I love I love the contracts that that you have to you have to kill certain enemies, things like that. So for me, I, I would have to say, um, the Dark Brotherhood, and and also in Mass Effect, I think too. There's a DLC with a thief. I can't remember her name. Um. It's not coming to me, but she she was kind of cool too. But Dark Brotherhood, just in general, is is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I gotta go with uh, for Thief specifically. I gotta go with Zidane from Final Fantasy IX, just mm-hmm. because it's the first time like that or that the thief is the main character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just interesting. He wasn't he wasn't a warrior, you know, like like eight and seven, you know, all that stuff. Where the thief's the thief's your main guy. So I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, uh, I can't not pick my boy Locke from Final Fantasy VI as, as favorite thief rogue, specifically in Final Fantasy. Um, his, his story in there is fantastic. You can make a case that he's the main character of the game, just like you can for every, all the other characters. Um, and then 
this is this is a bit this is a bit out there, but uh, in Final Fantasy twelve, I actually always made Fran uh, my my spear character, and I always made her sort of the dream character. So I got to go with Fran because. That's the great thing about twelve is you can make anybody anything, and Fran was always mm-hmm. my dragoon character. So, yeah, it's a bit well, of a personal I, one, you know. Every character from Legend of Dragoon is a dragoon. So there you, know. you go. <laughs> there you go. You got an they, entire game. Yeah, you got entire one game. game. Yeah. Uh, Geo, did you have a thief from Secret of Mana? Um. Is no, I, 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 can't, I can't talk about it. So <laughs> I, <laughs> that that was the other question. That was the other question. Because no, I mean, I no. could go. I could easily go Liliana from Dragon Age as one of my favorite thief rogue mm-hmm, characters. Yeah. Uh, she's fantastic. Yeah, always. Um, I, I can't recall their their names at the moment, but no, I, I just I just don't want to do it. Okay. You know, yeah. the people people are tired of of hearing Secret of Mana, so I'm just I'm just done. Yeah. I'm just done. <laughs> We're gonna retire. It's been retired. It's been the retired. Numbers up the, the number is going up behind them. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I want to say. About- the only thing I want to say about it real quick is uh, I hope that it comes to Switch. I hope the, the remaster comes to Switch. Like a remaster or a totally something different? Like, well, I'm, not, I mean, not the Final Fantasy VII, whatever it is they're doing. No, I, no the, the remake, the, the one that's on PS4. And oh, that's and, terrible. I mean, I don't know. I want to play it. I want to play it, too. I, yeah. I definitely want to play it. But I want to play it like when it's – I want to play play. It. Like I want a good game. Like I heard the PlayStation is just it's just not doesn't run well. You know yeah. it's got a lot of issues. But well, it, we it, we may get it via the weird online. Did, whatever did that, that is. Did you guys see <laughs> yeah. the Nintendo show that announced that today on Twitter? The no, the Super Mario thing. I, I, oh, I didn't want to steal it. If you guys, are, yeah. So they they've been teasing on Twitter the online stuff, the Nintendo online, and they were like, oh, you can play today. They showed a picture like you can play Super Mario three with a Nintendo online service. And it's like, mm-hmm. so like, do I have to be online to play this old game that you should have just had a virtual console? Yeah. They're, they're we'll all be streaming. <laughs> we'll all be streaming the secret of Mana. Super, yeah. Yeah. So secret Mana, oh. SNES game. So that's what it's going to be. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to stream it just like, cloud, oh. we're going to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to cloud stream these, these games that you can download and on, on your on your phone. Well, you can't download them anymore because they just banned all the emulator sites. So nope, now you gotta stream it. Dang. Uh, all right, and then uh, last question is from Captain Vulgar. How do y'all feel y'all. about Bethesda's immediate Switch support with Doom Eternal? He he thinks it's phenomenal and hopes that it puts a foot forward that other companies follow. Now, I, I give them tremendous credit for doing this. I think Panic Button is the one who kind of ported it more over. Now, I'll, I'll give them even more credit if it's all on the same day. Like, if they can have this all released on all the consoles all on the same day, perfect. I don't want to deal with whatever Dark Souls is doing, you know, the delay, the delay, the delay. I don't want to have to deal with that. Just if they can do it and they just do it all on the same release day, awesome awesome yeah and just the I, fact that they can get the game running on the switch is, is is really good but i think i think uh, like with doom i know that the uh 
the port that you know that panic button did is that doom i, I remember them reading that it scales very well like the way it was the engine was designed like i think uh, i read i read somewhere that they said like it could run not that they were going to do it but it could run on like 360 ps3 like it could it would obviously be like a very like terribly low resolution but it's possible to to do um so yeah i mean i hope it comes out the same day i mean it's good it it the bethesda didn't support the wii u because the wii u didn't have the numbers that's that's mm. why that that's why i mean uh, these co- the switch the switch will get the wii if you look at the wii's library the wii had like people developing like terrible versions of games for like if you go look at just any like game that was also on 360 ps3 that's on the wii the wii version is so atrociously bad so bad but it's because the wii's the second best-selling video game console of all time so yeah, yeah. we're gonna make a Right, because it's in every nursing home across the country. It's like, it's just like you got, you had all these people who shouldn't be playing games. Sorry, grandma, grandpa, you shouldn't have been playing, but they have all these wee bowling Mm -hmm. alleys everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's why it has the numbers, but the the games for it. I, actually, I I like the games on the Wii U. I prefer yeah. the Wii U over the Wii, but yeah. I don't know. I, uh, the Wii is one of those consoles where you know it it's it was everywhere. It's everywhere, but yeah, it's just not the the greatest the greatest thing. Just the yeah. the forced motion controls. It's just bo- that bothers me. Yeah, but but I mean, just with the Switch, the Switch has the numbers, so yeah. everyone everyone's gonna develop for it. But I mean, I think yeah, I think we've already seen sort of better support for the Switch than we did with the Wii U, yeah. Because like you yeah. said, the sales are there. So I think yeah. that I think Bethesda deserves sort of a, a clap on the back for mm-hmm. being all in from the beginning. I mean, they they launched with Skyrim. I mean that that's big. Now uh, mm-hmm. they've got Skyrim on Alexa, you know. But <laughs> yeah. so like it's not just because Switch, but I mean like. They seem to sort of be, you know, some of those early pioneers, and they've put some of the, uh, their other stuff uh, with um, uh, Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein. now Doom. So, I mean, they've been there since the beginning. So, I mean, I think that they definitely deserve a clap on the back, you know, them and them and Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft yeah. does some cool stuff, too. Um, and Where's then, my dragon, dragon yeah. Quest? What now? Where's my Dragon Quest, uh, though? Yeah. Yeah, don't get me started square enix <laughs> that's 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 a way isn't there gonna be a 3ds version of that game as well not anymore not anymore not but there anymore. was going to be there was, there going, was to going to be and it was and it was going to be like a 2d version of it right no it <laughs> okay uh and uh and uh and xylon on the on on our discord will will talk about this too because um this was his like most anticipated feature it was going to be where you could switch back and forth between That's the 3D version and yeah. the 2D version, which I think That's is just like amazing. Like, that is so cool. And apparently the 3DS yeah. version in Japan is like that. Uh, but we're not going to get anything like that on the Switch because it may never come to the Switch. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah. I-, I wanted that to be my first Dragon Quest, but uh, I've completed Dragon Quest 1 now. So now it's not. Oh, yeah. So. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Geo. You know what time it is? It is uh, 11 o'clock. Yeah, but like what time is it actually? I don't know. What you tell It's you side tell quest me? time. I, I knew this. It, I knew this. Uh, Joe, do you want to just take Matt through some side quests? Oh, you want me to go back in time? 
Yeah, I can go back. You know, right. you know how like you know how like because uh, Matt, you mentioned WoW, so you opened this can of worms. But you know how when you get a buddy, you two have been playing for years, and you get a buddy who's just now coming in. So you got a power yeah. level. You got a power level. Yep. Up. So we're gonna power yeah, yeah. level through some side quests here. Okay. All right. Well, we can go with one that I, one of my favorite side quests. Sure. Okay. Now, Matt, do you have a pet peeve that really is is not even a big deal, like not a big deal at all? in the grand scheme of things, but bothers you so, so much where you really want to physically hurt someone. Are we talking specifically about video game stuff? No, or just nope, no, just in nope, life. Just real life. Um, wow, I don't know. I, uh, for, I can reference, tell you my, for reference, okay, yeah, Gio, tell, ahead, tell yeah. him yours. Mine is, okay, and this happens everywhere. Everywhere you go, every drive-through you go in, okay? You have that one car that leaves way too much space in between mm -hmm. the car in front of them. Like like a half a car, a full car length. That bothers me so much. I want, I just want to, I don't know, like take the change out of my car and just like huck it. I just want to, oh I want to hurt someone. Yeah. So much. Okay. Or an, another, another one, drive-through. Maybe it's just a drive-through thing for me and I need to like eat some real food. <laughs> When, when they're at the at the window picking up their food, they put their car in park, like they're gonna yeah. be there for the rest <laughs> of the day. They're just, yeah, oh my they're just god, camp, yeah. they're just I camping know, out. Hate, yeah, I hate when people do that. They're camping out, and I'm like, I gotta get back to work. What are you doing? I'm gonna just drive right through you. <laughs> because then, because then they have to pass. It's like they they also have to pass all of the food to every single person while they're sitting there. You know, it's right. like, all right, you get your burger, you get your burger, and it's like, no, just pass the bag bag and just be done with it. Yeah, oh, I definitely have one, and it's uh, it works in a in a couple of scenarios. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't know what your female viewer I don't know what your female listener population is, but um, ladies, the way the men's restroom works is you know <laughs> there's like there's like five urinals, right? And it's like okay, I pick the one closest. And then when somebody walks in, you go to the third one or you leave a space in between. And leave the same thing goes with like treadmills at the gym. Like I've gone into the gym before and it's like, you know, like Planet Fitness and you've got like 30 treadmills in a row. And like I've been in there with like no one on, no one's there. <laughs> and like somebody will come in and they, they, go to the, they go to the one right next to me. It's like there's literally like 20, there's literally like 20 like things open why are you standing right next to me buddy like what is going on i hate it i'm trying to work out here okay like <laughs> geo that that that's my actual that was my actual pet peeve on on, on our show but because like you said it translates to so many different situations mine was empty movie theater i mm -hmm. sit down first then somebody comes in in a completely empty theater and you sit down either next to me or in like the row like right in front of me there's an an empty theater Pick a yeah. hundred other seats. Just and you know those two? people are the most, they're the most obnoxious people to walk into. Oh, absolutely. Theater. Yeah, absolutely. Because because a lot of times it'll be like somebody with like three kids and I'm sitting next to like the five-year-old who's like spilling his drink everywhere and he's like throwing mm -hmm. popcorn. I'm like, oh, God. See, when I go with my kids, I try and sit away from everyone. And I'm also there That's at like 10 o'clock, you know? Well, I... It's like I think I'm sitting away from everyone when there's no one else in the theater. Like, I thought it was safe. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, so let's bring it back to video games a little bit. Um, yeah. What's your favorite quest type or your most memorable quest? 
Oh, favorite quest type. I'm, I'm trying to. I'll give you a little bit of time. I'm trying to remember what what I said here. Uh, I know. I said, I, Gio. I think you cheated and said your least favorite quest type. Because then I said my least favorite quest type would have to be um, um, uh, escort quests. I yeah, hate escort, escort quests. quests. Oh yeah, es- escort quests are, are are always are always obnoxious. But, but going back, I like the contracts. I like going. All right, you got this. This guy, go 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 kill him. Mm, yeah. Perfect. Like I, bounties. I like yeah, hunt. I like hunts in Final Fantasy yep. twelve. I, I like yep. the hunts. Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I I don't even remember what my least favorite one now is. Wow. Probably that's, escort escort quest. Does anybody? Yeah, those it's got it's got to be that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. those are terrible. Yeah, does yeah does does anybody like those? But I guess in RPGs. I'm trying to think. Um, anything that involves you like oh like spending a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I have to go buy this item and it costs like a ton and then like yeah, you yeah. get it back and it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was one quest in Xenoblade that that happened where you had to buy something, but you ended up getting something really cool out of it. I think you get a blade out of it. And but yeah, you had to pony up the dough or you had to try and find the item in uh, in Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, I don't know if you either, if you guys played that one. Yeah, I have. Um, and okay, so Xenoblade Chronicles X, I've 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 got on the record uh, on multiple podcasts as saying that uh, it is the I've never felt more overwhelmed by any game I've ever played. The map and is huge, it's insane. It's like overwhelming, and um, so in that you have a lot of these kind of fetch quests where you have to go get items and you play mm-hmm. you play the game the items are literally just everywhere like there's literally yeah. just these dots all over this enormous map and you run over them and it's like items from the ship that blew up and now it's there but like so the game so there's so much in the game like there's so many just random items like to collect them all takes like 100 hours like it's yeah. it's just it's insane but um the game you have these side quests with like oh i need 10 of this item but what happens is if you use one of those items, it still thinks that you collected 10. And so you have to like go find it again. It's like a glitch in the game, like yeah. the, way, the way it reads like its information because it probably can't handle it because it's so freaking big. Like so like anything like that is awful. Like it's God awful. Real quick, real quick. I have a new most infamous quest in my entire gaming history. Have either of you guys played uh, Tales of Destiny? No, I have. I was playing Tales of Destiny last week. Okay, and I'm going to spoil this quest because it's not even a quest, and I don't want anybody else to suffer the pain that I suffered. Okay, <laughs> this is the PS PS One uh, Tales of De- Tales of Destiny. You enter this town, and um, you can go around, and there's you know just like every RPG in towns, like they're slightly hidden chests right all sort of all over town maybe behind like a shadow or in the tree or in the bush or whatever um and this is like like i said ps1 so have sort of that era in in your mind Mm -hmm. so um there there is a there's a part in one of the maps in one of the towns that you get to that uh there is a like one pixel wide space for you to get to a chest and there's an npc standing on that one that that one pixel and i just needed to get to the chest and i was like okay i talked to this uh, i just talked to this npc and i thought maybe he would just like move out of the way in fact i like stood there for a second to make sure he was he wouldn't just like move because you know how back then mm-hmm. npcs just like oh, yeah. stood in front of the door 
So yeah. anyway, he never moved. So I talked to him and at this point I had grinded out like 30,000 gold, gold. Okay. 30,000 gold. He says, I talked to him. He says, Hey, would you like this treasure? Yes or no. And I got to choose yes or no. So I chose yes. He Obviously. moved out of the way. He moved out of the way. And I could go in and get the treasure chest. So I go, I get the treasure chest, open it up. It tells me I get this item. Oh, cool. It, it, the moment that I move to go back out of that one pixel, he comes back and blocks me. Oh. And I'm like, yeah. wait, was this a glitch? I talked to him again. He said, hey, you stole that treasure. Give it back. Uh-huh. I was like, no. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't want it. You want me to move? Then pay me 30,000 gold. It was all of my gold. <laughs> and, and so it gave me, uh, he's like, do you want, you want me to move? Pay me 30,000 gold. Yes or no. And so I was like, no. He's like, okay, well, I guess you're trapped in there forever. And he wouldn't move. And I had to get, I had to wow. give him all of my money. Yeah. I, 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 I had to give him all of my money for him to move for me to I, continue. I, I, uh, I, hang on. I'm going to write this down guys. <laughs> What what was the what was the question? Uh, yeah, yeah tells the destiny. Of if okay. if you if you see an NPC that's blocking a treasure chest, and if he asks you if you want it, don't go for it. So then I googled, yeah. I googled, and what the item was. You know, I mean, yeah. no, I just like googled. Can I get out of here without paying him? And somebody's like, don't say yes to the treasure. I had to pay. <laughs> I had to pay eleven. Like uh, it was it was like one thousand set. Like it was like Whatever one thousand three hundred. Yeah. And I was like. Great. Of course, I would grind thirty thousand, and I'd have to pay all of my money. Yeah. So don't. Now do it's it. gone forever. You can't get it back. No way to no. get that back. At all. Yeah, because I, I, the- I like left oh, the town and came back to see if I could like swindle it out of him or something. But whenever you come back, he's just like, "Hey, that treasure chest is gone. It's all your fault." Now I'm bored. I'm like, "Screw oh. you, you little." <laughs> Yeah. The um, what is it? The the is it like the Thunder Plains in Final Fantasy X where you gotta like yes. jump like a hundred times to miss it? That one's terrible. That yeah, one, that's not. That, that yeah. caught up. You actually get a pretty good item out of that. Though, you do. But you, yeah. That's how you get. That's how you get Lulu's ultimate Final, weapon. Final yeah. Fantasy X in general has some of the most absurd like like extra quests to get items mm-hmm. like. So hard in that game. It's all, like, all like of the choke, the chocobo yeah. racing one. Oh my god! Because I always say the lightning is the worst, but then I'm like, oh, but the chocobo racing is horrible. Oh, but <laughs> then the butterfly racing is also horrible. It's just terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. And then yeah. you gotta like play. You gotta play. Uh, you gotta Blitz play Blitzball Ball. to get Wakas. Oh. And that, I like. like I actually like. I, actually I love, love Blitzball, but it's just I like so what? much. And there's I, like my my Final Fantasy ten time is so, like gameplay time is so long and, and like half. It's like seventy five percent Blitzball. Half of it's a Blitzball. I was the yeah. same way. My brother and I like figured out the best players to go around and recruit, mm-hmm. and we would just get them. And it was no contest, and we just like yeah. just destroyed the computer and we would just like <laughs> literally put final fantasy 10 in just to play blitz ball we would oh, take turns too. on yeah, the con- yeah. you know we would like pass the controller back and forth and just just play no blitz ball all day yeah just playing just playing blitz ball yeah Mm-mm. not for me not for yeah. me at all so do you want another one or yeah one more one more all right one more um oh, oh boy what's going on here all right so this one was i i had a good time with this one now what is your earliest video game memory mm-hmm. um or your earliest most influential video game memory something to that effect 
Wow. Like the first thing you remember about video games ever. Um, probably it's probably like original one of the, like Super Mario Brothers, like yeah. NES, like NES. Do you remember like going to buy it and like the smell of it? And everything? No, it was like I'm. Uh, I, I definitely like, I, I like played it down in my basement because like, it was like that was like where it was. I was like you know, like, had a TV down in like the basement. And, like my brother set the channel know, three. And, yep. Yeah, it's set to channel three. Yeah, so a lot of early NES was definitely some of some of that. Some of that stuff. Then I got like a Sega Genesis, and that changed my life. You know. Oh, you crossed the. That's yeah. Oh yeah. No, no. Genesis Nintendo. does, but Nintendo don't, man. So you know. Oh, here we go. It is <laughs> gonna be a war. Yeah. <laughs> I, was a gen- yeah I, was a gen- I, mean, I was a Genesis guy growing up. Growing up that's, yeah. yeah. Well, you had Blood and Mortal Kombat. That's about all you had. Um. <laughs> mine was mine was going to like actually buy the console with my father just like mm, yeah. that whole I just remember remember doing that and, and and one of the other things I remember is just the there are some companies that still do it but having the instruction manuals I mean I know it's kind of obsolete now all the tutorials are kind of in game and you know whatever right. but I used to bring those things to school and just like read them like oh yeah <laughs> like it was awesome and they, and they have and then you had those posters. Why can't these guys include a poster? I mean, it's just so yeah. easy for them to do. But having you know posters, it's all collectors all plastic, edition now, yeah, yeah, they, it's all money, obviously. But you know, having those posters are plastered on my wall. Those that that was always really fun to have. But yeah, very cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, and actually, one last quick thing, uh, Matt. Let's get let's get your answers on our uh, game called Triple R. Right. So you got okay. three categories: remake, reuse, or refuse. Remake would be like a remake or a remaster. Reuse would be like a port with maybe some slight just mm-hmm. changes, and then refuse means it disappears forever. Okay. okay. So your three games that you got to categorize. Are Final Fantasy Six, Final Fantasy Seven, and Final Fantasy Ten? Oh, okay. Well, I mean, they're already remaking Final Fantasy Seven, so let's let's forget about what they're what they're actually doing. Go with the original, original well, content. S- well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take everyone off here because, uh, you know, Final Fantasy. Well, no, I'll do this. Remake Final Fantasy Seven reuse final fantasy six and refuse final fantasy 10 because uh goodbye we have, like, yeah we have like you know 10 is 10 could have been the greatest final fantasy but the ending is just so bad and it just <laughs> it always runs me the wrong way and then there's like 10 10 2 which i actually i like but it just it just it it's weird, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it doesn't it like, doesn't exist in my mind. It, like I like it. I actually I actually I actually really like Ten Two. Like the I think that has a really good combat system, and I think it was like a cool idea, like a different way to do a sequel. Um, but like they need like it's not done, and there's there's they there's like hints of plans of ideas to eventually do like a Ten Three, which I think would be great because there's so much to tie up, but. I don't know. It's just it's so weird and so different. Ten two in a lot of people's eyes actually hurts ten. So mm. you know, if I had if, uh, that was the one it, I had, if they did make a third one, it would not be called uh, Final Fantasy ten three. It would be called yeah. Final Fantasy ten Yuna Returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah, yeah, there, there you go. go. And 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 because like that one, like, how would you remake it? Like, I don't really. 
and you've already reused it, what would you do? Like, I don't know. Oh, Geo, that wasn't your answers, was it? I think I think no, we actually no. have all three. We have all three combinations. Oh wow, yeah. No, I had um, for refuse. I had Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. I had never played it, so I'm, I I don't really know what I'm missing. So be gone. I'm missing a lot. Be gone with yeah. it. Yeah, I had said uh, remake six, uh, re reuse ten, and then uh, refuse seven. seven. Yeah. So yeah, I had uh, re remake seven, reuse uh, uh, ten. Yeah, yeah. But cool. All right, Matt. Thank you for being on. Hey, thanks yeah. for having me. It's awesome, been great. Awesome. Thanks for uh, uh, all the Octopath uh, talk, everything like that. That's going to wrap up episode 19 of the Switch RPG podcast. Everybody, thank you so much for listening um, and for sending your questions and comments. Keep them coming. Remember, we have uh, the new uh, question form that you can fill out. It's at switchrpg.com slash podcast. Um, you can just uh, click submit there and it will send us the email. And remember that you can listen to our show each and every Wednesday on your favorite podcasting app. And if you're on that app, feel free to drop us a rating and review. If it's five stars, we'll be sure to read it on the show. And if you like what you hear, remember you can head over to patreon.com slash switch RPG and drop us a dollar or two. If you can spare it, if not, no worries, just listening and commenting and watching all that stuff. That's great for us. That's great. That's what we love. We just love the community. We appreciate it. And finally, remember you can head over to SwitchRPG.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch platform. Until next week, everybody, go have all the fun and all the games. Can I just say something? Yeah, go. Now, we, Phil, we have a special guest on, right? And you, you show up wearing a t-shirt. It's Superman. <laughs> I, I dressed up Superman. You dressed up like Superman. I'm, I'm all proper here in a shirt and tie i did it right okay well you missed the memo on this i mean if you want to say did it right you did wear stripes on camera so that Ugh. wasn't the greatest move but you do look sharp you do look sharp I, yeah oh man I got, <laughs> my notebook is just full of useful information today. Yeah, this, is inc- go, yeah. this is incredible I basically, I basically wrote your guys your 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 octopath guide now you can post uh, well so i mean it's actually great that you guide. did that because geo doesn't believe in guides so he would have never gotten that information any other <laughs> i don't way. believe in guides i really yeah. don't yeah anyways yeah see you, thank everybody. you. <laughs> bye